Women in Diplomacy listeners, please welcome Roxanne DeRoche. She is currently working at the NATO Communications and Information Agency. We're so lucky to have her here today. Welcome, Roxanne. Good morning. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm really excited to hear more about your career. Can you tell us, how did you arrive at NATO? What's your career background? Um, so I studied in communication and criminology both paths were interested uh, to me, interesting to me. Um, but when I finished university, I started to want to understand war zones and why those were the days where um, ex-Yugoslavia had all those issues, the, ba uh, the Balkans, uh, Haiti, Lebanon, so many issues. And being Canadian, I never understood how people could go those extremes. Like, it's always been something I've been wanting to understand. And of course, the call for adventure. And then I got a job at the government, and we were promised those, all those things as students to think outside the box that you could make a difference. And then you get this job at the government, and I felt a bit trapped, um, put into a box. And it just wasn't for me. And then I saw this little ad from the Canadian forces asking for civilians to go help out in the mission in Bosnia that was a NATO-led mission. And I didn't know what I was applying for. I, I just wanted to go and see it for myself and take it from there and, and travel and meet other culture. And so I, I went through the whole recruitment, did a bit of military training, I got to know other civilians that had no clue what they were applying for either. I was considered, they used to call me the young one, and I thought because of that I wouldn't have a chance to go because I thought there was a, a bit of a bias towards this. So I pushed and pushed during the training, and first thing I know, I got the contract. I'm leaving for six months. Life is good. This sounds very adventurous and very brave. Did you ever have any doubts and was it challenging when you decided to go abroad, especially in a military context? I I didn't have doubts. Um, I think working with the military, um, being Canadians, the Airborne Regiment had been brought down a few years before, and it, it give, gave a bad reputation to the military. I knew nobody who worked in the military. But then coming from a small village, everybody who knew somebody who was in the military came to talk to me. And um, I've been reassured. I still remember this one guy who said to me, he used to be airborne, and he turned around and said, don't worry, Roxanne, you're going to have 200 uncles, 200 brothers, and a, at least a handful of fathers looking after you. So... That's great. Nice to hear. At the same time, I'm like, okay, I'll be surrounded by men. That's for sure. You know, <laughs> there's no moms or sister around. And then that, I think my biggest concern would have been the military and feeling accepted as a civilian. Canadians had not worked with civilians before. It was a big change. Uh, some jobs that the military used to have on mission were trans transferred into the civilian world. So there was also a bit of bitterness. There was misconception from my part about who the military is. And uh, so when I arrived, that was the biggest challenge. The, the, it was a post-war zone, but the destruction used to be something I would ponder for, 
for days on. But the challenge into trying to understand how things work was with within the military. For the first three days, nobody spoke to me. People would stare at me. I, there was only four women on a small camp of 450 soldiers. And during the daytime, uh, the local worker, the Bosnians, would come, so you'd have more women. But at night, you were left for four women uh, on camp. So it was not balanced. Um, and then you go back into having to fight for your reputation, all those stories, which in the beginning I thought, oh, it's worse than my small town, the small town I grew up in where, you know, everything is based on the reputation of how much of a good girl you are and things like that. But if you work hard in life, people start to respect you. If you have respect for yourself as well, and then slowly but surely, it really felt like a family. So that was the nice part, you know. What year was that, that you first went abroad? And also, can you walk us through a few of your missions? Where yes. have you been and what have you worked on? So this was in 2001, and it was before the 9-11th. But while I was there, the 9-11th happened, and it changed everything. And then uh, I remember saying, well, next we're going to Afghanistan. And all the military laughed at me, saying, we'll never send a civilian to Afghanistan. And sure enough, not too long after that, I got a phone call, and they were looking for people that had done a mission in order to go to Afghanistan. So I was happy because I had come back home, and I started my master's. But again, I felt trapped. I felt put back into a box. I don't know why. It's always been this way for me. And when they offered me to go to Afghanistan, I quit everything, and I just went back. For me, it was the equivalent of a master's degree, the stuff you learned, the geography, the history, the culture, the other nationalities. You meet people from everywhere, and it's not just from NATO-led countries. You, you meet the partners, but you also meet all sorts of people going to Afghanistan for different reasons. And... Um, that was a much rougher tour in the sense where everything had to be built from scratch. So I remember arriving and it was a gravel field with no office, no tent, no nothing. You had to build everything. You had to share. Your sleeping quarters were like in a big open tent with men and women. And being Canadian, we divide so much like, you know, these things. And then you... You get to see other nationalities like the Scandinavians and they shared their own evolutions and things like that, which <laughs> was always something to ponder upon for me and to be uh, curious about. So then I went to Afghanistan in Kabul for the Roto Zero, which was extraordinary. I Those two missions were the best years of my life. I still remember for six months on smiling and being sad that the day was over. I never wished for a second that it would go faster. And it wasn't without sorrows or, or challenges, major emotions. You're always confronted with morale issues. Nothing is black and white. But when you're young and everything is new, it's so good to, to ponder upon and absorb. And then... From then on, I started to be known and experienced. So then I got called to go to Dubai, where we had a support mission there. That was another challenge because I wasn't in a war zone anymore. Um, then also, I went to Kandahar. That was much more operational. 
and anybody that's been in Kandahar in those days have all my respect. It's a different kind of tour. I could never say it was fun. I can say it was really interesting, but you can't say that it was fun there. Um, lots of attacks, lots of injured and, you know, people you get to know because it's been my third tour. I know those people as well. And then slowly but surely, I started to work as a consultant for ISAF uh, in HR and staff relations and got to know more people. And then eventually I applied for the senior uh, national representative office, which is a, an ambassadorial uh, level. And that was another challenging mission. By then, I was used to being Roxanne in Afghanistan. That was easy for me. Um, but it was diplomatically a different kind of mission where you need to wear white gloves all the time but get things done at the same time, you know? Mm -hmm. How did you know personally that this kind of career was a match for your interests, your passions, your personality? Is, it, is there something about being out in the field that really keeps you going? Well, exactly. And this is how I got here last year or almost two years ago. The mission life is, is not always a real life. I enjoy it. What I enjoy is the operational attitude, especially when you're there for shorter periods, like from six months to one year, where I believe you just got to work and get things done and work together with people. It doesn't matter which level. Everybody will take resources from people, from experience. And you're not set into a box. You're, you can basically, if you want to do something good over there, nobody will limit you. And you, you can get involved so much. You can get, get involved with like orphanage as well as doing your work or helping some, I don't know, I've, I was helping this woman who hired people, uh, especially women, to uh, to make clothes and to keep the trade of like the proper like, they do really beautiful things they're known for their silk productions so I would help them try to sell their things uh, bring the international community closer to them you can get involved in so many things at one point you just don't have time anymore and it really drains you in those zones the working hours sometimes are up to sixteen hours. Uh, you live in polluted environment, um, sometimes walking half a kilometer to go to the ladies' room or anything like that. So there's things that at one point, I'm, what I love the most is going to end up killing me. You know, it's going to drain me. It's not the war zone itself. It's the harsh environments. Mm -hmm. And places started to close down, like Afghanistan would limit you and if you don't reach out to the international community or the Afghans, and if you don't see what's going on over there, I don't think you can necessarily do a good job. So for me, it was time to take a time out. So I chose a more permanent job at, at HQ where I could also rest and do other things with my life in the evening. And also, I needed to not be known. Like, it's nice to be in a city where nobody knows you. Mm -hmm. In Afghanistan, everybody ends up knowing you at one point. So it's hard to just disappear and not, not get involved or not do anything. So that's why I came here. But the operational, also to gain experience, I think when you're young, 
is is ultimate and i will never say no to war zones or deployments again but i'm happy where i am now i i think it's a stepping stone the only thing is i know i cannot fit in those boxes where people are are kind of limited to do things so you know i i keep seek, seeking different places different environment that will remind me a bit of those op operational missions where you could thrive and and push your limits really you know and have fun you know learn and exchange and so yeah that's beautiful roxanne should i ask has it been difficult transitioning from or what is the big difference between kind of the field and hq or do you feel like you've covered well, I can talk about my experience coming here, especially for the first few uh, few weeks where it was it was striking. So being in international environment or an environment like Afghanistan, where they have so many different ethnical background within the country itself, I, I'm used to colorful things, different people, also thinking. Uh, about different, like how I approach, how my nonverbal, how I I treat different, you know, cultures differently, and then I arrived at NATO and I found it, uh, I must admit, quite conservative. Um, I was miss, I was wondering where all the different backgrounds that created such, like all the twenty eight nations, mm -hmm. um, a bit. Um, Everything looked the same, like homogeneous, and I, I found it a bit conservative. Coming from Afghanistan, I know what it's like to cover up. I know what it's like as a woman um, to present yourself. I'm a big believer in respecting other culture. Um, I don't think you make change by shocking anybody in life. I think um, talking and getting people to know you, but also you getting to understand people. Um, well, when I arrived here, I thought, okay, lots of people in suits, uh, lots of men, lots of men from a certain age. Um, it, for me, this was a bit of a shock, and I found it, I must admit, a bit, well, much more conservative than the life I had on a military base in Afghanistan for some reason. Um, and I think it's not just the men, I think the women play just a bigger role in this, where you're, we're used to being put in boxes for so long and we haven't explored the, the other possibilities. And that's where I think here people are trying to do and push. Uh, over the past year and a half, I've seen people with different backgrounds arriving at, at work, uh, younger people, which is really refreshing. It's really nice, so I try, I tried to embrace that. I tried to always comment uh, to the HR team, this is really nice, you know, good on you, you're getting more people. I think those changes take a long time, but I think we need to admit it, and it's not by hiring one director, you know, that is um, female and from a minority background that it's going to make a difference. I think it's everybody just realizing from bottom up how everybody's precious and how if everybody got here it's because they have something special i think and we should use the, that instead of trying to limit it in some ways just to create i don't know 
something we're used to doing all the time. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful call to action. And this interview has been so inspiring, Roxanne. Thank you for all of your honest words. So My pleasure. in the end, what career advice would you give to young women who are interested in pursuing a similar, very brave career path <laughs> as your own? It depends what you want in life. I really believe as when you're younger, my ultimate recommendation would go, don't go, don't have in your mind a specific career path where you cannot embrace other options that, that might be offered to you. And there's other things than just a career that will happen if the minute you choose different paths. And I think if you're happy in what you do, you'll be fine. You know, you'll always make it, you'll be fine. You'll, you'll have enough food, enough money, enough of everything to, to be somebody in life and to be happy. I'm a big believer in always being able to look at yourself in the mirror and thinking, actually, I've made the right decision. Yes, maybe I could have had a better position, but it would have meant to not necessarily be genuine with myself. So always think that way. And when you're young, go for the things that are a bit more difficult or that are in environments that maybe be far enough from your family or your friends, but it's the time to do it then and you build on a resume and you make contacts and, and just work, like jump into it, you know, get your hands dirty. That's what I would say. <laughs>